It's the Pages of Popcorns podcast. Jennifer and Kelly will edify you. It's the Pages of Popcorns podcast. Jennifer and Kelly are gonna talk, so you better damn well listen. Welcome to Summer Watch 2021. As you all know, we are here to talk about Shadow and Bone, and specifically tonight we are here to talk about Episode 3, which has the not-at-all-pretentious title of The Making at the Heart of the World, which I feel, spoiler, that somebody doesn't understand what prepositions are. But okay, anyways, we're going to talk about this episode. A quick little thing, just to remind everybody, I am recording. This is a live recording, and I'm not going to do very much, if any at all, post-production editing. So there is that. We're going to try to stick to episode one, two, and three, and not go beyond episode three in the Netflix show. Of course, we might reference back to the book or the episode that we did about just the book, but primarily is talking about this episode of television. Also, I am supreme ruler and have the ability to mute and kick people out if they're being trolly, but I don't think that that's going to be a problem at all because joining me live in their own private studios, homes, offices, living rooms across the Fresno area is my wonderful co-host Jennifer and my wonderful friend Heather, who was here two episodes ago. And I'm very happy that you're back, Heather. And okay, so I'm going to let both of you talk. But first, I'm going to say real fast, just a reminder that everybody can email us at pagesandpopcornpodcast at gmail.com. Find out more information at kmmamedia.com. There's a Pages and Popcorn link there. There's a Summer Watch link there with all the Zoom information so that you can join us next week when we talk about episode four, whose title I have not looked up yet because I'm staying spoiler free. And you can find information about all of our podcasts and all of our episodes. Bi-weekly, we talk about movies based on books and the original source material, whether it's worth your time. So <clears throat> here we go. I'm going to recap. You guys ready? Are you excited? So excited. <laughs> okay. So just for fun, we're going to start with plot line C first. C is in crows. Kaz, Jasper, Inej, and Conductor Arkin are on their way. First stop, get Nina, a heart render, who can sneak them into the little palace because she is a Grisha who doesn't like the way things are set up. But, oops, she's been kidnapped by witch hunters. So Kaz is like, well, we'll just get there and we'll figure out the break-in part later. Arkin gives them a shopping list and then has them all meet him outside of town. Kaz gets the requested goat. Inej gets the whatever it was that she was supposed to get, but has time to stop at a war memorial. I think it basically is to look for her parents' names, giving us a chance to learn a little bit more about her past. And for Kaz to kind of show up and look at her and say, hope is stupid. All I care about is money, because, of course, we have to have a starting point for his character growth hopefully. Anyway, Jasper gambles his money, and by the time he meets up with everyone at the out-of-town spot with the abandoned skiff, he is leading a pack of angry other gamblers and is four pounds short of the special coal that he was supposed to be bringing along. They escape the gamblers and set off on a train across the fold, but again, they're short on coal, and so when the Volcra attack, they can't outrun them. Turns out the goat is there not as bait, but as a calming mechanism, and after a few pets, Jasper calms down, goes expert marksman on the Volcra's ass, killing them all, and hooray, the train makes it out of the fold and into the light. Okay, we have no plot B, 
or plot M for Mal this time. Instead, we have a tiny plot N. N is for Nina, the heart render. We see her use her powers on a guy to convince him not to be bitter that she hasn't paid him. Again, it's hard for me personally to tell if it's a mind control or just fear that she's going to kill him by stopping his heart. Either way, he totally rats her out to those witch hunters, though, and she's attacked in her room and kidnapped. She puts up a hell of a fight, but ends up chained on a ship bound for a witch trial, show trial, witch trial. Anyways, that's it for plot Nina. And now for our main plot, plot A, Alina. At the little palace, Alina meets with a tailor. Jenya and is prepared for her meeting with the king and the court. She has a brief conversation with the darkling about where magic comes from. At court, Alina astonishes all with her abilities, which pretty much only show up because General Darkling takes her hand. She obviously has no control and is uh, her powers are amplified by... <laughs> My, my spell check made it said the Klingon's touch. Not the Klingon's <laughs> touch, but that's funny. Okay. Anyways, the king gives permission for Alina to be trained, but insists that it be done quickly at, as Rest Ravka is increasingly rallying for independence. Alina befriends two Grisha, Maria and Nadia, but gets the bitch treatment from Zoya, that Grisha who's all flirty with Mal in episode one during their combat training. Then Alina spars with Zoya, and Zoya is massively a better fighter and lays her out twice in quick succession, but then she makes the cardinal sin of gloating about being with Mal in a sexual way. So Alina gets the magical ability to get one good punch in, and Zoya loses her cool and uses magic, knocking Alina out. Maria and Nadia say Zoya is just jealous of the attention that Alina is getting, especially from Kirigan. Yes, Kirigan. Okay, seriously, I changed it to Klingon in all of my things. I guess my spell check... <laughs> knows how much I love Star Trek. Okay. In the library, Alina meets the apart. 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 I, it's, I can't, I don't even know. Whatever. The priest guy who seems kind of creepy, but is actually pretty helpful. See, she's doing research on this stag that she keeps seeing in her dreams. He tells her about the bonesmith, a Grisha who made animals who had magic so that if a Grisha kills one of those animals, then the power of that animal will go into them and the Grisha's power will be amplified. He gives her a book about saints, sends her off to get training by Bakra, a Grisha trainer who's unimpressed with Alina's abilities. She lets us all know that the Darkling is himself an amplifier, so cool. She also tells Alina to return when she believes in herself more. Alina then has dinner with everyone where it's super apparent that the war isn't going very well. People resent her for not stopping it yet because no one seems to understand how time works. Okay, Alina also has a food taster and spends the last three whole minutes of this episode recapping her life and the last three episodes that we've all watched in a letter to Mal that it's so saccharine and annoying. I couldn't believe this stupid episode just kept going and going and going and she kept talking and talking and Mal is her North Star. He's her home. And finally it ended. The end. That's my recap. So there, no Klingons. <laughs> Their outfits would have been better. And for me, this episode was the first one where it felt like it was cheaply made. Oh yeah. And a lot of that goes to the costuming. Like the King, it looked like a college production where you know you're gonna be about 25 feet away from the actor so you can get away with like belts, medals and you know, fakey things. And so it looked really awful when it was close up. And if they kept the distance, it might've been okay. Um, I thought her outfit when she was going to see the king was ridiculous. So you have that, just that bizarre, really pretty foil veil. And then this really ugly looking military uniform that doesn't fit with the Grisha. It, it was just bizarre. It was 
It well, was very, she herself. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, she herself said it. She herself said it. She's like, what am I wearing? Why am I wearing this? And the tailor told her, because you have to look humble because the king has to choose you. Right. Like, he picked you out of the army, like from the rubble, basically. <laughs> Well, and I thought it was interesting, too, because it's like showing us who has money and who doesn't, because the Grisha's costumes still look great. Like the, the, all the intricate threading work on them, the blue, the red. And at this point, too, we actually have seen purple now, even though it hasn't been really explained. Um, but yeah, but like the gold foil. No, I'm with you. The king was just the, her veil was was dumb. And the only thing is like he they were like nobody can see you until the king sees you i mean we did just like show up and whatever but nobody nobody none of the non-grisha people can see you until the king sees you and i was like this is weird patriarchal bullshit like that's i mean and why where do we normally wear a veil it's like modesty or bride i don't know it was it was bizarre and i'm not sure if this is like pin in for future world building or if this was just somebody being like you know it'd be funny Stick some gold lame on her head. <laughs> Give her a lampshade. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it was very lampshade like. Yes. This is the costume that'll be in the bargain bin. Everyone will be like, I want to dress up as a little, you know, whatever. And they're like, okay, here's the $3.99 costume for Alita. It's the gold <laughs> tiara thing. Yeah, not, not great. But I did. Okay, so I know I'm going to reference the book here, but in the book, they they're like the blue are for these people and the red are for these people and the purple blah blah blah, blah and everybody and it's not just the color of the you know the outfit but it's like the color of the thread is also very important and it had like lays all this in and we're obviously not getting the exposition dump to find that out here but the other thing was that they were like you should wear black because you're you know a grisha but you're special and she was like no 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 I'll wear blue because I'm summoning something you know and I I want to work with these guys and so she decided to wear blue whereas here it's just kind of been assigned to her and I thought that was you know I mean it was an understandable thing because it's not a big deal but it is interesting to me because it it speaks to whether you know the ability she has to have some autonomy and have some control over her situation and this the show is is basically being like she has absolutely no control she's an unwitting pawn nobody will explain things to her over and over and over again and I was I was getting kind of tired of it before she went on her freaking ass monologue at the end well, it also doesn't explain what's going on with the world building because uniforms do have significance. So why not have that, you know, stated? Mm -hmm. So the other thing, um, since we're talking about the epilogue and, and uh, she's writing her letter, I was so goddamn annoyed with her at that point because there she is. Nobody likes me. I'm like, you're picking fights with people and then you're complaining that you can't trust anyone. What the hell? And that fight was so cheesy. But it was like, I'm going to pick this fight with this one girl because she likes my not boyfriend. <laughs> right. And she's she's picking on me because I picked a fight with this person for, you know, no reason other than I'm a petty. Well, but also the other reason was that after she met the king, when they hugged, Zoya had whispered to her and said, you don't belong here, half blood. You smell like the orphanage. Yeah, so Zoya's a bitch. Yeah. We get that. Like she, yeah. So, so she, then, 
what is funny to me is like she's like Zoya doesn't like me and then she goes to combat training where they're like we all train in punching and stuff not just magic do you know how to fight and she's like oh yeah of course Mal taught me how to punch I want to punch Zoya so I'll pick her not thinking that my one lesson that I wasn't really paying attention to because it was Mal and he was touching me is going to prepare me to like you know whoop on somebody who's been literally training for this which I think is there Since to show us tech. Exactly. I feel like that's there to tell us that Alina is still very young and makes emotional decisions that she does not think through at all. And then she is very woe is me. I'm okay with that because it is, you know, that's who she is. But then the letter, and she's like, everyone's picking on me. She's not a very sympathetic character. That is, you know, for sure. Fuck you, girl. You're the (laughs) one who's picking fights. And then everyone's mean to be. I have a little self-awareness. I know that's hard at a young age, but my God, that was... It bothered me more that she felt the need to recap the episode. And then like the visuals were literally just like flashbacks of the episode we had just watched. And I was like, this is what you do in a narrative television at like the half the season break or like when you come back from the season break or like, but at the end of the third episode when it's a bingey show like this they all came out at the same you know what i mean like they it's not i when shows recap like that that are like you said all episodes released at once it's really frustrating because you're like why do i need that doesn't need to be part of the content Mm -hmm. like you're taking up time that could have been spent on more story you probably just watched that like an hour ago because they're 45 episodes if that of these shots during that during her little recap were literally in this episode this episode was 40 minutes long and her recap was three and a half minutes i I, I was just it i was like this is padding why are we padding because because there's a lot about the outfits and what the colors (laughs) signify you know i have some content going on right we could have spent more time with the crows i would have been okay we could have spent more time with oh my god i love that storyline so much Okay, so let's talk about the crows. Okay, so one last thing. Before we do, before we (laughs) we go back to her letter that she wrote at the beginning of the episode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because in contrast, I loved that part. Mm. Because she was using sarcasm and, you know, was playfully saying, you know, I have all this privacy and, you know, (laughs) everyone's so respectful and I have these attendants who are nice to me you know and so the she got over her fear of being in the bath yeah, yeah that although they didn't wash her hair that kind of gross <gasps> dude they got it wet and then the girl brings her in and sits <laughs> her down and then it's all dry and, be- and i was like okay they i got it mildly damp towards the tips yeah it was and, and then she was like was and, like, and, and, like your face is still really dirty yeah what's, i mean granted the tailor fixed it but we didn't know that yet i'm sorry women have nooks and crannies that girl's nooks and crannies were still caked in dirt can we just very much so acknowledge so like she needed a mani petty too i'm sure seriously i can't imagine more than like three minutes in a bathtub with people scrubbing her scrubbing her one arm (laughs) and then she said i can do it myself and also she didn't what language you're speaking (laughs) okay i did actually like the whole i know what language you're speaking thing yeah i liked that that whole intro gave her more character it like it built on that, okay, she does have some personality mm-hmm. because I know, like you guys talked about last week too, that she's just a very flat character. Mm-hmm. Like there's not anything endearing about her yet. Like I'm not attached. 
but that little bit of humor in the beginning it, it kind of added a little for me for that yeah i enjoyed her for the first half of this episode more than the second half even like getting taken into the the court like that was pretty intimidating you know all the people and then they're like okay some in the sun and she's like what and thankfully like he took her hand right but he didn't told her he was gonna take her hand so like she had that fear of like holy crap like what what am i gonna do but then after that it just kind of went fell apart yeah yeah and it's like a weird thing to have the stag show up now and i'm not sure if that is because now she's accessed her power so now the stag can visit her in her dreams well but she does reference in her letter to mal Mm -hmm. after the at the end there that the stag is back in her dreams and that he would probably laugh at her okay had them previously Ah, and has discussed them with mal so i didn't catch that good catch heather Oh, well, I have watched it twice, so I'm <laughs> sure that that <laughs> But yeah, I because I had had the same thought was like, you know, this is kind of out of the blue. But then she references that, and so it's like, oh, it's something that's happened to her mm-hmm. for however long. Yeah, so. and this whole bone smither thing is a is an interesting addition. Did you see the image of him in the first book that he opened? Uh, like when the when the uh, spiritual advisor he opened the book to show it to her was i the only one who thought it was very like jesus-esque oh there was two different ones and like they both seemed very much that way and he was talking about how he was like one of the first to prophesize and oh i'll have to go back and take a look at the at the screen grab those images yeah no i interesting i did think that the whole thing was cool and like I think, you know, he's supposed to be creepy. We've been told that he's creepy and the actor is not like a handsome, confident looking stereotypical, you know, guy, but at the same time- Are we talking about the advisor? Yeah. At the same time, he hasn't actually done anything creepy. He's like, hey, you're in the library. What are you doing? Oh, you're researching this? Here, let me pull some books for you. Here, let me give you- A little bit where he's like, I really want to be friends, but- that's so toned down it's just like a tiny little bit where he's like okay you're a little too familiar but at the same time she's supposed to like the freaking chosen one everybody should be weird to her right like it is weird if you're not acting weird around her because she's all and like this guy's not grisha right so like that's the other thing he's not grisha but he's there in the grisha's palace so he He has is just trying to be really helpful exactly and he's obviously trusted enough by the grisha to be allowed into their palace and into their their library and then he's the one who's like the you know bagra's waiting for you like you know let me take you over there and i have a feeling you're gonna suffer like he seems kind of i feel like if they had cast someone different we'd be like what a cool guy but like but because of the cast of that actor like with his hair all flat and kind of oily and the fact that in the last episode jenna was like he's creepy we're like on edge we're like waiting for him to be creepy and it colors everything that he says and does and i I don't know it's there was a little bit of like right before he came out like you saw him lurking behind the bookshelf so i think that kind of at like he kind of jumped out at her so i feel like that was a little bit of that yeah but you would want to hire an actor who can do that sort of unctuous insipid sort of thing better like i could see alan cumming doing that really well you know with the greasy hair and just kind of a little bit of a smirk and i know stuff that you don't and so this guy's just trying to be helpful and he comes off as awkward yeah 
Yeah, he definitely feels more awkward than nefarious at this point, yeah. even though we've been told that he's nefarious, which is, you know, weird. I think part of it, too, is that it seems like there's lots of foreshadowing against the king and his role. And since it's the king's advisor, mm-hmm. because like the general at one point, you know, she asked him why the king has to approve. And he's like, well, because he's the king. Yeah, the king is the king. Yeah. But that's like all you're giving. So right you don't, go, you don't go against yeah you don't go against the king even and though the king's you know, advisor seems to always be that role that has that nefarious feel to it i mean mm-hmm. like in aladdin jafar the king's advisor right they're always right. evil characters but yes it seems to me the things that she should be annoyed by she does she isn't and the stuff that is her own fault and her own cause she doesn't notice so like you know you have the taster which is a nice little added thing where there's the taster he's like yeah i'm really happy the last guy died that's a funny little scene and then you have the journal going and you sit here eating figs (laughs) and if i were in her place to be like what the fuck you asshole like i planned the menu i just got here and that would have been something that she could legitimately rail against right it's a thick move they expect me to know a to know what i'm doing even though i've never gotten trained and to instantly be their weapon even though like the general himself said like i need to be trained right and like, it's really obvious he's doing that to put her down and to get some political power and he's using her as you know the same but that's a legitimate thing to be pissed off about and yeah. she just kind of lets it go and goes i just don't fit in they like, the, the, the taster thing it always cracks me up again um <laughs> I'm going to just reference a show that I watched not too terribly long ago, which is called The Great. And they have a whole thing with a taster. And the taster's like, okay, I'm here to eat your food. So he eats a bunch of, you know, the emperor's food. And then the emperor's like, okay, so you're, you're fine. I can eat my food. He's like, oh, no, no, no. We have to wait. You have to wait like six hours to make sure I don't die. And the guy's like, but by then my soup will be cold. He's like, yes, better cold than dead. And he's like, well, I don't know at this point, like every time I want to eat anything, it's going to be hours later. And like, I just have to sit here and watch you eat. And it, I mean, it was played for laughs and it is kind of funny, but I thought of that when this taster was like, I'll take one bite. And if I don't keel over the first 30 seconds, your food's fine. <laughs> Anybody who's had food poisoning knows it doesn't happen in 30 seconds. <laughs> and that's just food poisoning. That's not poison poisoning, you know, <laughs> whatever. Well, it might've been cool if he had some, you know, actual skill at this like you can learn to taste what might be poison would be a, a nice little added thing or sniff it or something you know my <laughs> first thought when they had a tester was you're all magical shouldn't that like just be something you guys can figure out <laughs> or like i mean maybe if everybody had the same food then like it would be impossible to you know poison hers because they would all just be eating that you wouldn't but poison here was everybody. a special plate special with plate. a special you know game hand from- yeah yeah this is one of those moments when you don't want to think too hard about the implications <laughs> because then everything falls apart yeah, yeah. for sure for sure but <laughs> yeah. okay so alina is the worst part about this show let's get to the six of crows because they are awesome <laughs> okay hold on let me see if i have any other alina notes um oh so she did get asked what are you two times in this episode and she got asked it yes. one time in the last episode so i feel like that's a thing and i'm really waiting for a, yeah and that that is yeah that's her ethnicity okay so we complained about this a lot in the first episode we of, did. of this okay but i have a i had a thought 
<laughs> Star Trek. No way. <laughs> <laughs> so to us, the fact that she doesn't look all that different to, than everybody else is making it weird when everyone's like, you're different. And she's like, and we're like, nope, is she, is she? Cause we can't really tell. Um, and also like, she's also a magic person. So that's a difference. Why did we have to put this racial thing into it? But I was thinking about the episode, let that be your last battlefield, which is a very famous Star Trek uh, original series episode. It has the guys with their faces are half white and half black. Okay. And one and um, one of the guys and so they, they're fighting each other and the enterprise people are like why do you hate each other so much and the guy's like can't you tell his face is black on the right side and white on the left side and my face is black on the left side and white on the right side we're totally different and he deserves to die because he's obviously evil and bad and blah 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 blah, blah. and it was so silly and over the top but the point of that episode was to point to people in the 60s and be like see racism is stupid and you think that you can tell the difference between people based on these you know physical characteristics and it's just stupid this is how stupid you are you know america 1969 america when you or 1978 actually i think is when it aired current america you know when you think that you're being all you know post-racial or whatever like you're just being stupid because it's it is stupid okay racism is stupid and so i think that what is happening here if i give it a lot of credit a lot of a lot of credit is that they're saying even though we can't tell that there's this difference and to us it's not a difference it makes it more like the absurdity is the point does that make sense yes i hope that i hope that's what they're trying to do maybe i've given it more thought than they did but (laughs) and i had made a couple notes because like you said it had been a thing we had talked about on the first episode and the first one it was when she was getting out of the bath and all of the aides like the little helpers the one gal was like you know fix her eyes she's got shoe eyes and i just felt like i'm like is that supposed to be a reference to like that she's got oriental bloodline and so her eyes are shaped differently i think like, so. why are we why are we adding in extra right like like pointing out like a feature like her eyes it just didn't seem well and then the other messy. thing is and this gets into more like okay the the people that the grisha being down on her for being a different ethnicity doesn't make sense and it also makes perfect sense Okay, and the same thing with the non-Grisha, actually, it works both ways because, okay, so with the Grisha, they're like, you're this different ethnicity, you're bad, but that's because in every kind of population, especially populations that are disenfranchised, there's going to be a hierarchical system, you know, like we have a hierarchy in the LGBT community, we just do, it's unfortunate, but it exists, the T is on the bottom, everybody knows it. And it's something we're all working towards, but to fix, but well, not all of us, but you know what I mean? Like there's always going to be, especially if you're in a, in a subgroup that's been shit on you, you yeah. it's natural to want to shit on someone else and not be at the very bottom. Okay. So it almost makes sense that the Grisha would be like, well, you might be Grisha, but at least, you know, and you're also that, you know, it's, it's even worse. And then, but for the, the non-Grisha people, I, that is the thing that kind of, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, except that they are at war and then there's like other countries around, but that like, I don't know who they're at war with. I guess they're at war with the shoe, but then I don't, I don't know. And I feel like we haven't been given enough information to understand where this bigotry is coming from. And World building the, the freaking girls in white, the little helpers for Jenna who were bathing her and making the, the comment about her eyes, 
so those are non-Grisha's servants of the Grisha. So like, so you're, so the Grishas are looked down upon and feared because they're magic and weird, but they have servants of non-Grisha people who are also going to be racist because I guess at that point, like if you're the servant class, you want to be above somebody. So it might as well be the shit. I don't know, man. It just, it also, it yeah, makes but sense. Servant, be- you want to keep your job too. Well, she obviously right. felt safe saying that to Jenna. Go ahead. But if you think about it, she was saying that her attendants are appointed by the queen, mm-hmm. right? The one with the saggy boobs. Mm-hmm. That's why she needs a tailor. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, if only we are all so lucky. <laughs> Nip here, tuck there. Let's go. Um, but when she's introduced to the queen, I don't know if you caught that she had said, like, she, tried to greet her well, or like, said yeah, you're it not was a weird thing with the enough. language yeah well because yeah. she if was you don't speak you know, it exactly you you're know. not shoe enough apparently so there's but, a whole other level so yeah. i'm like if the queen is very open about her feelings like that obviously then her servants felt they had the ground so to also there's definitely issues of that with language where you have a group that's um you know so you know, one that's really common here is if you're of Hispanic origin, but don't speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. So the, there definitely is that, but you don't see that from people outside of Hispanic origin. You don't see white people going, what? You don't speak Spanish? How dare you? You're a betrayer of the culture. You know, that's an internal thing. It would have made more sense if you're going to do a hierarchy based on powers mm-hmm. instead of doing it on race. It's, right. Agreed. <laughs> Unless you do the world building that would show we're at war with this group that you're a part of, and then that makes sense. The only you know, thing we have about this bizarre power that doesn't fit anywhere, and everyone's trying to kind of like figure out the hierarchy, that makes sense. There are ways to do this intelligently, and they did not do that. Yeah, agreed. The only thing we really have is that what she was like, my, uh, you know, I have my mother's eyes, the eyes of the enemy, and you're like, okay. Um, I was getting Harry Potter flashbacks. Oh, you have your mother's eyes. Because <laughs> she's the only person in the world who has green eyes, apparently. <laughs> Would have made so, more sense if you'd had her butt chin. You know, that, that cleft chin is a lot less common than green <laughs> eyes. But I guess Lily Potter having a butt chin is just not as romantic. <laughs> well, and I always think, well, you have your mother's eyes. So it's like, well, you know, I keep them in a jar just to yeah. <laughs> you have your mother's eyes. So in the book you had mentioned that this like racial aspect is not in the book correct at all at all at all it just seems so silly that that's something that they opted and i really feel like they could have cast they cast someone you know who has a racial identity that's not the default white and they could have just been like yep she's the best person for the part la 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 especially since we have other people of other races all over this show it's not like she's the only non-white person Yeah. yeah it would have been fine so another thing i wanted to ask about in the book series and jennifer will have to help me on this one um because in the last episode you guys mentioned that there weren't guns in the shadow and bone book Mm -hmm. now in the seven crows was there because jasper has he's a mark yeah so that's he's a gunslinger right and again you could have some really interesting issues with technology developing faster in one group whereas they respond to the geisha a little bit more in another. And so you could have those disparities and that would go to some really cool world building. Yeah, but right. they don't. Yeah, it, it made me think about that because during the 
the train scene where he's, you know, cuddling the goat and also shooting at the creatures. It, it, I was like, wait, so if there's not guns in, in Shadow but they, Bone, but they have, but they, in the book, they didn't have guns, but definitely in this world of the show, they have them because they even made a point last episode of the, the military guys telling Mal, you know, right. like, you know, then there was the revolver and then there was the repeating rifle. Like it's come. So the technology is there. It's just weird. It's still weird to yeah. me that there's both magic and, and guns. Um, let's see here. Oh, can I just say, I didn't think before we completely move off of Alina's storyline, I didn't think that Jenna looked as pretty as she was supposed to be. She's supposed to be like the most beautiful woman in the world. And I, I'm sorry. Was that portrayed in the book? She, yeah, in the book, she was she supposed was to be the stunning. most stunning. Yeah, the most, her hair looks like a bad wig. And I feel like they messed up on her makeup. She's got bulgy eyes. And I, I mean, that's not like that might be your thing, but I just, I felt, and maybe then I was like, okay, well, Kalia, you're looking at this from like a, an American westernized beauty standards of, you know, what Cosmo is telling you is beautiful. Maybe in this world, Jenna is the absolute bee's knees, but I don't know. This show was made for Netflix. Thing, so, I mean, she's kind of unremarkable other than that. I don't think we see very many blonde characters right the queen, the queen is blonde queen is blonde jenna has red hair and then was hers red okay yeah see i don't even i just watched the episode and like i said she's yeah. kind of unremarkable so that's yeah surprising she was supposed, she was supposed, to, be supposed be to be beautiful well beautiful. i think the expectation because this is an unfortunate thing you're the who you going to cast is the most beautiful woman in the world it's it's a really hard thing for any actor or okay. actress to live up to and she is remarkable looking. Okay. Like, you know, the but pale eyes. And... We have technology. We have filters. Like she could have walked in and like glittered a little bit. Like, yeah, she's trying to have, you know what I mean? She know, could have had a filter. Taylor, the the yeah. super filters where everything was so blurry you couldn't see anything Some, because I she mean, was getting older. There you go. But you know what I mean? There could have been something. Or or Alita could have been like, whoa, <laughs> you know, wow, you're amazing. I don't know. So it maybe it's just not a thing. Okay, but if Alina was doing that, oh my God, you're gorgeous. And the rest of us are going, well, she's okay. I think I, the expectation is impossible for any actress to fill. That's probably fair. I was still disappointed. Again, I, she, she was one of my favorite more... characters in the book. And I was like, well, and this is, I mean, that's definitely a thing, right? You want a book and you picture somebody and then they cast somebody and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's I another that one where, cast. where like Jennifer had mentioned that like the costuming mm -hmm. could have been used to that advantage too. Like if she was supposed to be dramatically stunning, right? Like there are ways they could have costumed her to make more of an entrance, to, to be more sparkly or bright. Right. Yeah, you could definitely do some Hunger Games funkiness. Yeah. Right? Make her stand out in a different way. Because it doesn't have to necessarily be like natural beauty or makeup beauty, but just her, her presence could have been stronger. And she's got a little bit of that. But again, I think it's a hard bill for any young actress to fill. Yeah, you know to come off as powerful when you know at 20 you're still just trying to figure out who you are yeah that's fair you know, it, it, like when it comes to like casting hamlet hamlet's supposed to be 19 it's hard to find a good actor who's 19 who can have that sort of presence it's just it's one of those difficult roles so i think as an actress she's kind of stuck in this trap well that's like how every you know high school teeny bopper show has kids you know quote 
that are actors that are in their 30s trying to yeah. be a high schooler. <laughs> oh, Luke like, Perry as like this 35 year old going, I'm 16, no. <laughs> like, it's always like, you know, any of those series, you know, mm-hmm. Dawson's Creek, you know, it, yeah, Twilight it's just, tried it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard for any teenager to try and deal with that. Um, so I, I don't know. I just want to be fair to the actress because I'm okay. sure she's doing Maya her culpa. best. Mea culpa, she didn't she- <laughs> But yeah, I, I agree with Heather. Costuming, we could have done so much and had so much fun. And instead, we get this boring little drabby uniform that Alina's wearing. Okay. Anyway. So, speaking of actresses, I am um, Zoe Wanamaker, Wanamaker? Zoe Wanamaker, who is playing Bagra, okay, is from the Harry Potter movies. She played Madame Hooch who I guess was their um, their flight instructor teacher, the person who taught them how to fly. I've only, I'm not a big Potterhead, so I didn't recognize her, but I just thought that was interesting. A little bit of, little bit of magical trivia there. And Bagra was very small in this episode, and we know she'll be important because they made a big deal about her. Uh, I think it's interesting that she's the one who tells Alina that the Darkling is an amplifier that's good to know we kind of should have figured that out already because he every time he touches her she glows and also we saw his ring you know early on the other thing though that we get from bagra is that her power is going to come from her self-confidence and i feel like maybe she'd have more self-confidence if someone would actually explain to her how powers work instead of being like birds just know how to fly there's a lot of not explaining that goes on um you know hey let's all first episode let's all get on this skiff and just go into the darkness let's see what happens um hey you have powers let's see what you can do um let's all get in this train and see what happens like i don't know maybe i'm just a person who asks too many questions but i'm gonna be like bitch i am not getting on this boat until you tell me what i need to do like this is how to not die Seriously, like I don't know. It just—I guess I just asked too many questions, and you're obviously not the star of a YA novel. <laughs> I guess not. I just—I and he's like when the spiritual adi- advisor is like, you have to go talk to you know this lady, and like here she lives like what looks like a hole in the ground. Like where are we going? I just met you in the library. You jumped out of the book stacks. I am not following you into the woods. Well, like, that, like, how does he know her schedule? Is he like this? Right? Like, are you in charge? Of me? And he's like, oh, well, you know, here we are. We're going to send you to Miss Haversham's English class. <laughs> like, oh. are you stalking me that you know my schedule when I don't even know it? I mean, because she obviously doesn't. Because right. when her two new friends were like, hey, we have to go to this class now, like, she's like, oh, I have classes. <laughs> like, again, explain something to her. Yeah, it's very frustrating. And and I mean, not to just beat a dead horse, but I'm with you, Jennifer, and that she could be frustrated about things not being explained to her. That could have been yeah. the whole letter. I wish someone would tell me what the fuck is going on. I miss- I wanted that where You know, when she could even be like, you know, making maps made sense. It was, you know, this physical representation of this real world thing. It was very tactile. I understood my role. I I was your friend. I was a map maker. I, you know, blah, da, 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 da. This was my lot in life. 
I had understandable, but now I am a fish out of, I, I don't know what's happening. And there's a lot of pressure on me. Like that would have been the, yeah. the letter to write. These assholes are all coming at me from different, I don't know who my friends are. Yeah. Everyone wants a piece of me. Yeah, there's really good, legitimate stuff to complain about. And she's just bitching about the most useless. Well, you know, this girl said that she likes you and that makes me sad. <laughs> well that's like the whole dinner scene where he's like and here you're sitting here eating figs i wanted her to like jump up throw the fig at him and be like you kidnapped me and yeah. made me come here so yes i'm gonna eat my figs like <laughs> there were several opportunities and she could like, have just been real baller and like been like yeah and i could see her being like off put of why am I being attacked for like having dinner served in a place where I was kidnapped to yeah. go live? I didn't ask for but this. Again, yeah. you do that again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So now the fun people. Now the fun people. I love these scenes so much. Yeah. Okay. So just, what okay, is- this makes me even more bitter about the three-minute monologue because we could have had more of these characters doing interesting things. I have a very important question for you. Okay. What what does a million mean to you? <laughs> because I am Jasper and it means three months of fun or so. <laughs> okay, can we just say that Jasper is the MVP of this episode and maybe this entire series, right? Yeah. Like like I want to be him. I want to party with him. <laughs> I would like to party with him. I don't want to have to deal with a lot of his drama. No, man. I just want to hang, hang out. I think I want to. Yeah, I just want to travel. Because travel this Jasper. is me having like book Jasper, where he does this a lot, where he screws up, and he feels bad about it. And you know, there's some reasons for it, but still, it's like, uh, you. You spent the money that we needed for this coal on gambling, you idiot. But but at least he still got, I mean, it wasn't enough, but you know, he's like, but I stole it. So, you know, it's cool. Right. And, it's cool. and he did, you know, fix the problem by shooting the things. Like, so, you know, he was able to compensate. We need 16 pounds and some good shooting is the same as 20 pounds and some luck. I'm just saying, right? So- I'm My saying that thing. ideally he would be someone fun to hang out with, but when you're actually dealing with all the fallout of him being irresponsible, that gets old real quick. No, that's why I want to party with him, not mother him. Like now, I want to be there for the fun and then be like later, babe, and like go back to my own hotel room. Yeah, <laughs> let him crawl into his room by himself. Seriously, I'm not gonna let him hold my purse, but I'm gonna hold his hand while we jump off a train. I mean, come on, right? <laughs> But here's okay, my so thing. I love the train. Okay. Oh, train was was say, real... All right, go ahead, Heather. I was just going to say, so if I was Jazz, Kaz, sorry, Kaz, and we were tasked with getting these things, why would he hand the money to the one that's not good Dude, with the money? That's exactly it. He should have been like, okay, Jasper, go get, get a goat. Get <laughs> coal because... And or ask the conductor, okay, which one's most important? Why do we, again, ask the questions. Why do we need a goat? Why do we need the the conductor know that a goat is going to be the what? Like, why not a puppy? Like, like, the goat is so soft. How do you know? Goats are easier to get, I would imagine, than a puppy. Well, in here, yeah, I would say, plus, when you're done, you got dinner (laughs) on the other end. (laughs) 
But there's Jasper Cully. It's so soft. How do you know to get a soft goat? There are goats who are jerks. Okay, but it felt like it was a little goat, and little goats are yeah, yeah. But you didn't say get a little goat. You just get a goat. You could get a mangy goat that you're just going to eat. It doesn't matter. That's you don't know to get a cute goat. But like he's walking down the road with a goat on a rope. Yeah, that's true. And Kaz so was like, hello, Goaty McGoaty Face. I named him Goaty McGoaty Face in my notes. And I was so happy that Goaty McGoaty Face was not bait. I loved it so much. And how do you know Jasper's going to like the goat? I mean, there's there's so many questions. So and, many questions. Goat, like, well, and then so many kind of animals other than a goat, because goats can be jerks. They can. But I guess, I mean, like, whatever's available out there right you know but you're right i mean who knows right because Ine- if inej had been upset i don't think she would have been like down with cuddling the goat she would have been like um it's specifically I also a don't think she was thing upset. to do yeah but yeah. do we so we don't recall what inej was tasked i cannot getting, remember right? at all you said that in the beginning and then i was like oh wait what did she have to get do you Can remember also- jennifer no no yeah. okay you're doing the thing you know it's it's Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll you get, the get that MacGuffin. I remember the goat because the goat was funny, and also because of the goat was the goat. And I remembered the coal because it mattered. But whatever the hell it was, spurs didn't matter. It but was important. Go but chilla, go get something cuddly and soft if you want a soft thing to cuddle. Oh my god. <laughs> but okay, and then we have this whole thing. How much chinchillas in this universe? <laughs> And Edge is like at the memorial, like looking for her parents' names and like she's gonna like exposition all over the place about, you know, whatever. And it's like, okay, fine, that's cool. Like we gotta build you because, you know, okay, we like we learned in the first episode you were sex, sex trafficked. We learned in the second episode that your brother was also taken. We've learned in the third episode now that like your parents, okay. Like, is it cousins next episode? Is it she's going to be talking about her aunts and uncles, maybe a grandma? I, I'm, I'm ready to like get on with the, the happening of Inej, you know, and not just the the looking back. But I did like Kaz being like, whatever, hope is stupid. <laughs> that I found funny. You're muted, Heather. Sorry, I had a little boy interrupting in the background, so I figured I would mute. Oh, no, that's fine. I just wasn't sure if you were trying to talk and I didn't want you to move your mouth. talking and- at myself. Yeah, <laughs> get worried. <laughs> but the other thing we see is we see Kaz we see Kaz seeing the rally of these people who are like, we need to be independent because there's a freaking darkness between us and the rest of our country. So why don't we just be our own country now? Which oh, yes. makes Stop. a certain amount of sense. Yeah, that's he doesn't want to keep telling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a little like thing that's in almost the background, but you could go, okay, so there's politics in this world. There are people on soapboxes, you know, arguing a thing. And it doesn't have to be highlighted. There doesn't have to be a big monologue. It can just be he's passing by and there's somebody yelling about this. He goes, hmm, that's, you know, somebody. Well, and the king so- referenced it too. You know, and he was like, because they're they're trying to get their independence. So like, we know it's it's part of this war thing, but it's also part like right now it's an external war. It's us versus somebody, maybe the shoe. But at some point, it might become a civil war if you know these people don't want to well, support they talk, the war effort anymore and yada yada. But you could because they talk west and east. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can inform a couple things. You can inform about the politics of the society, and you can inform Kaz's character by his reaction. Mm-hmm. so that's what i mean it's it's efficient good storytelling to do that kind of thing and, and the instead we have a Liam monologuing about bullshit. i was just gonna ask yeah i was gonna ask if you saw the conductor mm-hmm. 
Yep. The conductor talking was there the talking politician. to Yeah. So now you're like, okay, so this guy's got a little bit of a character too, you know? Well, and not only were they talking, but they like went into the tent together. And you know what that so it means? Wasn't like they were no, maybe. <laughs> it doesn't have to be an innuendo there. I know, I know. It's really just a tent. Just trying to make this gay, okay? Give me a break. Well, Jazz, your your fave. He's kind of um he's a player with all the plays. Yes, he definitely has a vibe. Uh but yeah, yeah, the, the conductor is, you know, there's more to the, just the conductor, right? You know, so there's a little bit of that and you're kind of like, oh, okay. Well, and they're like building some almost distrust with what the conductor says with what is true. Mm-hmm. Because like when they get to the skip and then there's like the sign that says minefields and Kaz is like, uh, I'm going to follow you so I don't step on any. And he goes, oh no, I just put up the sign. And then when they're in the train and they look back, somebody gets blown up and he's like, I thought you said there weren't any mines. He's like, well, that's not exactly what I said. I just said I put up the sign, but I also placed the mine. <laughs> so it's kind of that, you know, I feel like because of his role in this world mm-hmm. that he's had to learn how to say things without saying things and how to you know make people infer what he wants them to from those words he's definitely someone who plays both sides of the fold yes Uh, okay (laughs) 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 i see what you did there no but that's (laughs) this is why i love the six of crows stuff better is that you have these characters who are interesting they have histories that aren't well i wanted to be a map maker and now i'm sad because people are picking on me even though i'm picking on them to pick up and i'm in love with this guy but i might be in love so it's it's kind of a standard teenage crap whereas the six of crows characters they have histories that are interesting they have characters that are well fascinating people that you kind of want to know more about and to be fair none of us are teenagers right (laughs) so like there might be an element of this where like we're but Inez is a very young person Kaz is actually in the book he feels older because he's one of those characters who's kind of the planner and supposed to be in the note and so it's always jarring to me to see him as a young character but he is you know in canon a fairly young guy Okay, but they're interesting people. They they are, and I'm and I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you that their storyline is more interesting. Their characters seem more fleshed out and not just one note, you know, high fantasy YA. But the caveat is high fantasy YA with Alina is like going to appeal to people who are younger than us and you the three of us reading books and especially watching because I know that some of us here read YA for fun but like some of us don't for reasons but when we sit down to watch a television show we usually want there to be more and we don't watch teeny shows like teen teeny bopper shows you know none of us really do so I feel like that we just gotta like throw that out there that it is different Go ahead. So there is kind of an issue I have with the publishing world. And this is why I like indie publishers is that the main publishers would have a very specific, this is what sells. And then you had a lot of indie people coming around going, well, I'm just going to write this story with more interesting characters who have more personalities. And those books did really well because they were hitting a market that the big guys didn't think was there. So as a teenager, the books that I enjoyed weren't 
like this stuff about Alina. I would have found her, oh, it's okay. It's, you know, it's a thing. But I liked having the interesting characters, even as a very young YA reader. And that's cool. But obviously, a lot of teenagers and not teenagers and people who aren't, you know, young like this. I mean, there's a reason why this kind of stuff is gets sold. It's not just because it gets published. It gets published because it does sell. Sometimes you're stuck with whatever somebody wants to publish for you. And I think that you'll see this. No, I mean, seriously, you're giving me the look that none of you can see. Kaylee is giving me a look. <laughs> I am arguing with this look. I have to narrate that since we're doing this on, as a podcast. <laughs> so let the record show Kaylee gave me a look. I'm saying that sometimes you're stuck with what other people want you to read because you don't have much of a choice. And when you have independent people coming out and doing you know, fan fiction, independent publishing, you'll get a lot of crap, but you're also going to get some really interesting stuff that hits a market that wasn't seen as being useful. So the rise of LGBT fiction, you know, that's a thing that wasn't just allowed on the market. Right. And, and it, yeah, but there's a huge oh. market for it. It just wasn't allowed. So there's a difference between, well, this is what I really want to read and this is, and, and what's being published. Those are two super different things. For sure. So, for, so I'm, gonna, I'm not arguing with you, but I am, I, all I'm saying is add to that, that these things are popular, not just because they're the only thing out there, but because they fulfill a very, a need and a niche market that a lot of people you know, it's like romance. Romance is out there and some people don't like romance, but enough people do that they're still making Harlequin romance novels, right? Let the record show that I'm giving Kaylee the look now. Okay. I know Heather's so, very patient. Let the record show I'm going to be the referee here and segue <laughs> back to the show. Thank you. That I think, I think the main thing, I mean, that you guys, you know, just reinforced is that there are two very different storylines happening right now yeah and one is action and detailed and the other is falling a little flat yeah so again like we have said before it almost feels like it should be two different shows and guess what it was two different book series seriously (laughs) so i still am trying to figure out because i haven't read them yet why they would choose to integrate them yeah other than that they were written by the same person yeah yeah so, and, and i know that I'm we talked to, to see we talked about la- name recognition of the first trilogy helps and maybe it's an easier thing to get published aka filmed if it's this ya high fantasy easy thing and then we're gonna like put in some more fun stuff for, you know, I think it could totally fix Alina's storyline, though. We've yeah, seen that yeah. happen so often when we've done our podcast, and we'll see a book and go, yeah, they made these changes, and they're really, really smart changes to make. You mm-hmm. could take Alina's story and make a fantastic story out of it, but it's just they didn't. Yeah, yeah, they left, yeah. So, so we have so a pile of very bland rice next to, like, the really tasty salsa that, you know, we really want. <laughs> So I'm curious to see, looking forward, like how it changes the original story of Shadow and Bone. And that's why, like, I haven't watched your guys' first episode is because I don't want those spoilers 
mm-hmm. you know, as we go through, but I'll watch it at the end. Cause then I'll be like, Oh, these were all the differences because it's kind of one of those things. I want that perspective of being able for you to say, Oh, well that didn't happen in the book, but you right. Know, but trying to keep it like, I'm not going to tell, like, we're not going to talk about how the book dealt with whatever before that happens in the show, but we'll definitely talk about it. Cause yeah, exactly. I'm, I am super curious. As it happened. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say, you know, what happened at the end of the book, but obviously there were no crows at the end of the book. So like, I know that right. they're going to like, so how does it happen? So, um, and then so speaking of that, we have our third little storyline. And because when I was like, looking up the names and whatever i i i got a tiny bit spoiled that this nina person was active in the in the duology and yeah, so she yeah so it she's not a one-off character like the heart render in the first episode um she seems like she's going to be Another around really cool fight scene too like that was a really well done fight scene where you have her powers and then you have like all these characters that when she was attacked and... in her in her yeah. hotel room yeah yeah no that was really and she put up a hell of a fight for sure outnumbered you know she even called them on it's like five to one you know um but okay so i have a question though <laughs> then they, they they get her they stick her in the bottom of this boat there's other grisha down there everybody's chained and of course yes i know the nobody listening can see me but my hands are in the air they're chained with their hands up and i you, you see the grisha use their hands it's very you know avatar right pew, 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 with their hands do you like my sound effects avatar flashbacks <laughs> when they do you know, um, this is the earth power so if she <laughs> Did you just change your coloring? To Apparently do- I did. So if I put my hand up there, I'm now back to being horror film green. Oh my God. I, I look, yeah. So for those of you listening, I look like I'm the ring character with the black hair and the green face kind of. I just phasing. love it that you were doing your avatar hand wavy and, and all boom, it changed. <laughs> Anyways, but now that they've got their hands up, I guess they're powerless, which at first I was like, that's stupid because the general was like birds just know how to fly like you don't even have to be taught like it's just your innate it's who you are but yeah unless your wings are clipped that's what I, yeah i know that's my second thought was oh wait but birds do need wings <laughs> <laughs> so i guess you need your hands free but i i mean it would have been cool if they had like a little magic like thing in the cuffs that kind of little gloves or something yeah. yeah i could have seen little mittens <laughs> little iron mittens Oh God, I keep hearing something. I think it's the cat. I hope it's the cat. It's creeping me out. Anyways, um, yeah, so she's on the on the boat and she's gonna go off and be, you know, tried as a witch. And that that doesn't bode well for her, but we will see. Apparently there's gonna be more of her, which is cool because you know what? Even though she was in a total of three scenes, I am way more invested in her than what the hell's happening with Mal. I got to the end of the episode and I was like, oh, we didn't even see Mal this episode. Oh, I'm sorry. Here we are in all of our flashbacks. Here's where Mal is. But other than that, we didn't have any Mal storyline, and I'm a okay with that. More Nina, less Mal. That's my vote. That's what I'm hoping for in the future. And we also know that you want you know the action to happen with the Nina and the you know shadow guy. I do because of the book, but like not to get too into it. But like it doesn't like. This is the slowest burn, non-sexy, so, nothing's going on here. Did you catch the smoldering glance when they were connected and he was they were holding her son power? I mean, 
it was the first time she looked at him with any sort of like admiration or affection versus just like who are you and why are you making me do things right but at the same time he was literally making her glow he was controlling her right yeah so so it was an awkward kind of thing so it yeah 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 and i think it sets it up very well where he is controlling her but there's a thing it's magical when they touch (laughs) a spark (laughs) oh my god he turns her on (laughs) (laughs) that's why she was wearing a lampshade (laughs) oh my god Oh my god. Wait, wait, do you remember that? Do you remember that Nora Jones song where she's literally like there's a lie like like a lamp? I'm waiting for you to come home and turn me on. Oh, I had not to write a metaphor. <laughs> oh my god, that's that's good. I think we got that's there's nowhere to go from there. <laughs> um yeah. It reminds me of this like bad high school simile lines like he was as tall as a six foot tall tree. Yeah. Okay, so like so um yeah, next week we are gonna watch the next episode. Oh, so this title, you guys. <laughs> uh, what the titles what? are fine. This this one, like it's awkward, but you could have made it work with the right story, but it doesn't fit the story. No. Because all she talks about is Mal is her heart because he's her home or whatnot. Right? This if if but the if the, what the does title that have to do with if the world. title had been the North Star or True North or something, I would have been like, okay, but no. The next the next I mean, one, she was at the heart of the world. If there was something being made, it's it was she at the heart of the world? Made. What's the heart of the world? Yeah, that's what I mean. You, like, it's kind of interesting. You mentioned the prepositions were wrong, but you could have made that like an interesting thing mm-hmm. if it matched what was going on with the story at all. This is a cool title that has nothing at all to do with the chapter. Okay, so the next episode, listeners, please go watch episode four. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. It is spelled <laughs> here. Here's how it is spelled O T K A Z. A T apostrophe S Y A Otkazatsia. Otkazatsia. I, I have no idea. So I think we're just going to continue with our. I'm going to see if I can get my Russian friend to say that because it sounds like they're trying to be pseudo Russian. Well, it would make sense. But anyway. Russian doesn't have apostrophes like that. Go. See, they're bringing in the Klingon. There's a lot of apostrophes in, in the Klingon language so there it is um (laughs) go watch the fourth episode and send us an email hang out with us tell us what you think and uh yes that's the end of this this was fun this was great and definitely thank you for joining us heather uh you add a lot to the discussion and so i'm really glad that you're here thank you i'm having fun yeah i laughed a lot (laughs) thank you